Hi, I'm Kelsa Dickey, the CEO of the Financial Coach Academy and my financial coaching business, Fiscal Fitness Phoenix. My coaching journey began more than a decade ago with me helping people for free from my dining room table. What was once a little business of mine has grown into a seven-figure company that employs a team of people. My goal is simple, to help you fall more and more in love with financial coaching. I believe financial coaching is the most rewarding way to make a living. If you are an aspiring financial coach or have been coaching for years, I'm here to help you create a business you love that gets your clients massive results. Let's get to it. Hey coaches, welcome to episode 42 of the Financial Coach Academy podcast. We're going to continue this conversation all about failure, which is not super fun for me, but hopefully valuable for all of you. Today's episode is I Failed, Learn From Me. Before we dive into that, uh, I would like to read a review from MCOP129. This person says, so thankful for this podcast. The last three episodes have been so practical and eye-opening for me. Episode 33, I never thought about the implications for my clients if I turned them away because they couldn't afford me. If they are willing to make changes, how could I possibly say no and make a decision that could affect their future for them? Episode 34, doing the exercise suggested gave me so much confidence in myself as a coach and kicking that imposter syndrome to the curb. I love hearing that. Now I can confidently tell others about what I do because I have evidence that people's lives have been changed. And finally, episode 35, making sure I help the client feel safe and get all of their questions answered so that they can make an informed decision is now my goal. As long as I do that, whether they chose to move forward with coaching or not, I have done everything I can on my end and I don't have to feel icky after a sales call. I cannot say thank you enough. I love FCA, the toolkit, the podcast, all the things. Thank you for helping me make my financial coaching business a reality. Much love, Michelle. Much love back to you, Michelle. Thank you for that thorough and detailed review. I really appreciate it. And I loved those episodes as well. And I am so glad to hear that. I mean, what great progress after three podcast episodes. I love it. So cool, Michelle. Thank you for sharing. Really quickly, I have an important announcement. The Client Creator Challenge kicks off in January. And if you want to hear more about it, there's just a couple of things that I want to draw your attention to. Number one is episode 28, which is where I share the results from the 2023 Client Creator Challenge. And that will give you a ton of insights into exactly what the Client Creator Challenge is all about. So I'd like to invite you to take a listen to episode 28. And then lastly, you'll want to make sure your name is on the wait list. And to find out more about it, you can do that by going to financialcoachacademy.com, clicking on events, and then choosing client creator challenge and add your name. Very simple. I would love to have you join me in January in the client creator challenge. It is so much fun. And if you are looking for more clients, if that is an area of your business, you are focusing on your marketing, your sales, your offer, your positioning, that is the place to be. All right. In today's episode, Oh, I'm going to share a couple of key reflections I had about how I spent a year and a boatload of time and money on changes that I did not fully believe in. In the previous episode, episode 41, I shared details about my massive error. So I want to invite you to check out that episode before listening to this one, just so you've got a little bit of context. Last episode, I shared what I experienced when I first realized I had screwed up those initial few days. Today, what I want to share is what I figured out about what led to the dilemma I found myself in. And hopefully you can learn from me and avoid these same mistakes. I think these things can 
happen to any of us and actually quite easily. Or maybe that's just what I'm telling myself to make me feel better. (laughs) Once I got through the initial shock of failure that I described in the last episode, I was able to think more critically about how I got there and what I wanted to do about it. Before I talk about these things, I want to be clear. I am not proud of these things. There is something about failure that I want to just point out really quickly. And there is this massive failure that I experienced, right? What I described in the last episode, this big thing with all of these changes I had made that I wanted to undo. And then when you allow yourself to think about the mistake, the flop, chances are you are then going to realize a whole bunch of smaller mistakes that you made along the way that essentially created that. Okay. It's a bit like pouring salt on a fresh wound and you have to acknowledge and coach yourself through each one of those things, as well as the bigger problem that you're working to solve. That is certainly true for me in this situation. I made a whole bunch of mistakes that created the bigger mistake as a whole. In this episode, I'm going to own some of those mistakes. I am not proud of what I was thinking or how I was making decisions or what I cared about at certain points. And that is for me to reconcile. I am choosing to share them anyway because they're real. You are not always going to be proud of every decision you make as an entrepreneur. We can get misguided. I don't know why it happens, but it does to all of us. Sometimes it's a personal influence, something happening in our personal life that's affecting how we feel or the way we think, and that has a ripple effect in the business. And sometimes it's something in the business that affects another area of the business, right? Just like there are coaching sessions, excuse me, just like there are coaching sessions where I get done and I think, oh man, I wish I would have asked that question instead, or I wish I would have handled that question that they asked this particular way. You can't go back, right? You just learn and grow and have this mindset, I'm going to do better in the future. And the same is true for the business side of what we do. You're going to experience those same thoughts. You can't go back and undo them. You can only move forward. The first mistake that I, con- that I made that contributed to my big failure, my big capital F failure, was that I was not thinking about our clients when I was making decisions. Again, this is horrible to admit, but business was good and I wanted it to skyrocket. Up until that point in business, and again, this was about a year ago, I always made decisions based on what I know to be true about my ideal clients and what I know to be true about myself. My damn motto in the academy and in business and what you've probably heard me say many times over is quality over quantity. And yet here I was making decisions with the goal of getting as many clients as quickly as possible. I remember us having meetings on my team and somebody would ask a question like, do we want this page to say X or Y? And years ago, I would have thought about like, what does my client need to hear in that moment? What do I believe to be true? Right? Like, what would I want to hear in that moment? Like, I always thought about my clients and I always thought about what I knew about my clients when I would answer that question. But not this past year. This past year, I actually answered that question with something like, whatever is going to reach the most people. I deferred 
knowing the answer to that question to a marketing specialist, as opposed to what I know to be true as the expert and the leader of my work. I even remember saying, it doesn't matter what I want. What matters is what's going to attract the most people. It says, if the thing I cared about most was the numbers, how many people we'd reach, how much money we'd make, how many people would see it, right? And it was almost as if the how didn't matter. It was the outcome I was after and nothing else mattered. I was making decisions solely from my brain and whatever I thought made the most sense for the numbers and not with my heart and whatever I thought my people needed from me. I had turned our client attraction and client service strategies into financial calculations. Whether you are trying to find your first few clients or you're trying to double or triple your business like I was, the how matters. In business, the reason what we want matters is because our energy is the fuel to our business. And if we are not aligned with what we're doing, it isn't going to work for long, which is exactly what I experienced. The changes were working really and truly externally, outwardly, what everybody saw was fine, right? And yet I was not fully bought into them. And eventually because of that, I could not invest any more time, energy, or money into them. I just couldn't do it anymore. Our clients are people. Our businesses are extensions of us. When we think about what our clients need and what we need, the numbers follow. I have always run my business that way. And for some reason, I got away from it temporarily. When I stop and think about this, I am mad at myself. I it is so obvious to me now, but it's not like I knew this at the time, right? It's not like I realized what I was doing and how misaligned from what I, my core beliefs are that I realized I had you know, gotten that far away from that. I just didn't notice it. I tell my clients all the time that the best financial strategy isn't necessarily the one that looks the best financially, that it's the one they feel most bought into and excited about. And here I was making business decisions based on what looked best financially, and the result was disastrous. I wasn't bought into them. I wasn't excited about them. And a year later, I found myself wanting to change it all. Your excitement, your buy-in as the coach, as the business owner into your business, that is the fuel of your business. There are a million ways we can run our businesses and the best one is going to be the one you feel most aligned with and most excited about. So that was mistake number one, not something I'm proud of for sure. The second one, this is not easy to admit, especially publicly, but here we go. I was making decisions with my ego. The more I say it, I was making decisions with my ego. I was making decisions with my ego. The more I say it, the less heavy it feels. And so if I could encourage you of one thing, if you, there's one takeaway you get from this episode is find someone to share your mistakes with. I've chosen a very public platform, <laughs> a podcast that you are listening to right now. You don't have to do that, certainly. But please do find someone to share it with because it's important and it makes it a lot less heavy. It makes it a lot easier to work through, okay? During this time, 
so many things happened that uh, really inflated my ego. Oh, so hard to admit. I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't have the clarity that I have now. Before this project started, I had hired a business coach, someone I admired and respected. This person has a very public platform and you invest high five figures to work with her. And I had done just that. I gained some great insights from her, but one of the things I realized or I realize now that I did was I actually adopted some of her sort of persona. One of the reasons I hired her was because the year before I had made these changes, I was really struggling to find my voice. I share more about that in my newsletter in September. So hopefully you read the emails that I sent. But at this time, I had all these people telling me that I needed to be more of an authority and I needed to adopt a voice of authority in the financial coaching space. And I had people telling me that I needed to be more of something, more of an authority if I wanted to be more successful, if I wanted to grow more. And this coach that I hired definitely was seen as an authority in her space. She had a very confident, like, I'm the shit you should want to buy from me sort of persona, right? It works for her. I'm not judging her. I'm not saying that is bad. I'm just saying that that is her. It's not me. But without realizing it, I adopted that same sort of mindset for a bit and I was making decisions from that place. But it's not me. It's not how I do things. It was this fake confidence or this fake authority that feels now very egotistical to me looking back on it. Then, so that happened first and it was a 12 month engagement. Um, So I was in that program and learning from her and that kind of thing. And then a few months into that program, I ha- we had had our best month in business ever. We had a $350,000 month. And I wish that I could say that happened and I didn't let it get to my head, but it did. I let that get to my head. I am not proud of it, but it was just one more sort of instance where it was like this boost to my ego. Like, damn, we're kicking ass. That's the thought that I had. And mind you, I was adopting this new voice of authority and then we had our best month ever. And in my mind, those two things were correlating, right? Like, oh, see, I did this. It must be working. This is the voice I need to have in order to have, you know, a great month and I have my best month ever, right? Then a few months after that, We were invited to uh, create a show for Muscle and Fitness's new streaming platform. We were invited by the VP of Business Development, who had heard about us from some of the other people that he knew in the space, and he was like really into what we were doing. They were telling me a lot of things that were really nice to hear. People need this. You're going to go viral. This is going to be huge. We're going to get you in front of all these people, all that kind of stuff, right? And again, it was just one more thing that gave me a little boost to my ego. So many things over the course of a year that contributed to this flawed idea that what I was doing, this voice of authority I was adopting was working, even if it didn't feel like me, almost like it's okay. If it doesn't feel like you, you're hitting these cool milestones. So even if it doesn't feel like you, it's fine. Right? Whether it was the business coach or the VP of business development at Muscle and Fitness or just my own mindset, the reality is that I was trying to take on this authoritative voice that 
others thought I should have. If you've ever done the exercise of asking those around you how they see you or what they see as your intrinsic value, which is a really great exercise I highly recommend, by the way. I don't remember. There's a few different books that I've read, a few, a couple of other coaching programs I've done where this exercise has been included. So I don't remember the specifics and I apologize for that. Um, I know that this is sprinkled throughout. It's, it's kind of a normal coaching concept where um, if you sort of struggle with your identity or how you show up in the world or like those types of things, you can um, ask those around you how they see you and hear what they say um, or what they see as your intrinsic value. Okay. One thing, I've done that exercise a couple of different times throughout my life and throughout my career. Uh, one thing people always tell me that they appreciate about me is my humility. Now, I will say that it doesn't sound humble to say that I'm humble. I want to realize that. Or I want to recognize that. I want to acknowledge that. But I am simply sharing what other people have told me my entire adult life, okay? And the reason I'm sharing it is because I can honestly say that during the year of my massive freaking mistake that I made, I actually had people tell me, oh God, you guys, it just like pains me to even think about this. Like for my entire adult life, for 14 out of 15 years in business, I believed that my humility was my strength and something that made me good at what I do and helped me to connect with people and all of that. And then for one year, I actually had people tell me, and I believed that I could not scale or grow my business to $10 million a year because I was too humble, that I wasn't loud enough, that I wasn't bold enough, that apparently those two things can't coincide in the same person, right? So all of this was happening, and I'm hearing this, and I'm taking each one of these things as a sign that, yep, I've been too humble, and I need to be this super authoritative person in order to grow, and they must be right because, I mean, it's working, right? See, look at all these signs that it's working. In reality, none of it was really me. And unfortunately, while internally this was playing out inside of my mind and with like how I was sort of operating, I was also making really massive decisions in my business. So of course, the voice that I ended up adopting felt completely misaligned and fake. I say in the Financial Coach Academy course specifically all of the time, how my goal with that course and the way those lessons are brought to you in that course, that my goal is not to make a bunch of mini Kelsas. My goal is to help you find your style of coaching, your ideal client, and whatever is going to work best for you. The way we do that is we give you a framework to follow. And then I show you exactly how I've applied that framework to my financial coaching business. And then what we do is we share a bunch of modifications, personalizations, or you know, options to that framework because it can be applied in a number of different ways. And it's going to be based on what is best for you, your personality, who you are as a person, and also who your clients are. And here I was, even though everything I have built is based on personalization, customization, finding your way, even my physical fitness business is built on personalization of one-to-one -one coaching. Here I was trying to find my voice by listening to everyone else's voice. Here's something that this journey has taught me. 
I realized recently that instead of fighting against it, instead of trying to change this about me, or instead of listening to others who told me that I can't grow my business being this way, I've decided to own it. I am never going to be the loudest person in the room. I'm just not. It's never been my style. But for a year or so, I was definitely trying to adopt that attitude. For a year or so, I, descri- I would describe my voice as this. I felt like I was walking into a room and immediately shouting for attention. But everyone all around me in the room was also shouting already, right? Like to me, that is what social media has felt like. And it seems so obvious to me now, but for about a year, a year solid, I was actually just trying to shout. I was actually adopting this kind of authoritative voice that wasn't me. And it was exhausting and it left me continuously feeling misaligned. So no wonder my new brand and my new messaging were misaligned and I ended up hating all of it. I actually feel gross thinking about it. None of this is fun or easy to admit. It's not easy to say like, hey, you guys, uh, so I was full of myself for a little while, um, but it was true. It's not easy to say, hey, you guys, uh, so I cared more about quantity and numbers than speaking from my heart to my clients, but it's true. It's not easy to say that I violated some of my own principles and philosophies, things that I have preached and practiced for years, but I'm sad to say it's true. Here's something else I realized. I want to be the best at what I do. I will continue to strive for mastery in my work. That is something that is important to me, but I don't really care if other people see me as the best. I confused those two things this past year. I have always strived for excellence, but I was more focused on convincing others we were the best than simply living and breathing excellence into what I do every day and letting people draw their own conclusions about that. My ego affected our messaging and our new brand. And honestly, I think it's one of the reasons I hated it so much because everything I looked at was about me in this weird way, but it really also wasn't me. It wasn't about connecting with our people. It wasn't about what they needed. It wasn't about bringing us closer. It was about us being awesome and sort of this air of like, you should want to buy from us because we're the best. If you're listening on the podcast and not watching on YouTube, I have rolled my eyes at myself so many times (laughs) this episode. Um, It's not fun. Not fun. When we talk about the entrepreneurial journey being hard, this is what I'm talking about. The role we play in the success of our business, how we show up and make decisions and how things we can have figured out for years, suddenly we get misguided somehow. It can happen on a small scale or a massive one. These are things I knew not to do. These go against things that I have preached and practiced for years in my business. And for some strange reason, I started operating from a completely different place and I lost sight of these really important, fundamental and core beliefs of mine. I forgot what my Venn diagram of success looks like. And I want you to think about this. Imagine a Venn diagram. You've got one circle 
that is who we are and what our clients appreciate, appreciate about us or about their experience. Okay. So there's one circle, which is who we are. And then another circle, excuse me, if that wasn't clear, the second circle is what our clients appreciate about us or what they appreciate about their experience. Okay. The overlap, the intersection between those two, that is our brand. I got away from what I liked most about myself. And I started to believe that that part of me wasn't good enough. And it was something my clients and the coaches we serve actually appreciated most about me. And I removed it from everything we do. That's horrible. That is painful to realize. I am learning from my mistakes. I have days where I am still really ticked at myself and just sort of think like, Kelsa, what the hell were you thinking? And days where I have to remind myself, there is value in every mistake. Look how much more wise and insightful you are today because of these mistakes. Look at the gifts these mistakes have given you. Coach, I hope you find value in my mistakes too. Coaching is all about figuring out what you think of something and how that is impacting how you feel and the actions you take. In order to honor the coaching philosophy, I like to end every episode with a question for you to reflect and ponder for yourself. The purpose is to deepen your awareness or help you gain clarity on the episode topic. It also creates the opportunity for you to share your thoughts with me and other financial coaches. Let's get the discussion going. I'd love to hear from you. If you are watching on YouTube, drop a comment with your answer to today's question. Or you can join the discussion in our free community for financial coaches, Financial Coaches Unite, and simply ask to join the group. Map out, here's your question, excuse me. Map out your own Venn diagram. What traits, skills, and qualities do you like best about yourself? And what traits, skills, and qualities do your clients need from you and appreciate from you? And where's the overlap? That coach is your value proposition. Please learn from my mistakes and don't lose sight of that. Next episode, we are going to talk about something a little more lighthearted. We're going to move away from my failures. Please, can we? Do you mind? No. (laughs) Next episode, we're going to talk about how to get more clients from social media. I believe financial coaching is the best and most rewarding way to make a living. I truly love what I do. If you're ready to learn and see how to become a profitable, successful financial coach, check us out at financialcoachacademy.com to learn more about our online courses, free trainings, and events. As always, I would love to hear from you, coach. If you have any questions for the podcast, please submit them at financialcoachacademy.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me. I will see you next week.